Good morning, church. I am blessed to come before you today and give you the message. So this is an exciting morning for me, and uh, truly is an honor to come up here and present God's Word before you. And uh, today we're going to be looking at Psalm 34. We're doing a series of the Psalms through the summer. And uh, today we're going to look at a really interesting Psalm that I hope to unpack for you and uh, just see the emotion and just what it's like to praise God from the depths of your soul. So uh, we're going to look at this Psalm 34. And uh, if you want to look it up in your Bibles, it's page 795. I'll give you a minute to take a look at that. And we're going to read this together. I'm going to read the intro to this Psalm 34. You'll see it in the top. It says, A Psalm of David regarding the time he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech, who sent him away. We're going to look at that again in just a minute. Let's read the psalm. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, God, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His, uh, his ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, and not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Amen? Let's go to the Lord with prayer before we dive into this. Lord, thank you for this, this beautiful message that you are presenting to us through David. And now, Lord, as we open this up, we pray that you will work through my words, that you will reach the hearts of those who are hearing this here and uh, online. And God, may you be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go into the background of this uh, psalm, I want you to take a moment to think about something. You know, it's interesting during the, the, uh, the time here we just had of asking people what's going on in their lives, we... Uh, I want you to think about a time in your life where there was a, some type of stress or a challenge or some kind of, uh, uh, maybe there's even joyful, something that transformed your life. 
You know, think about that. Just take a minute to go back and think about something that was really formative in your life. Because we want to talk about that. And we're not going to ask you to ask and say what it is. But <laughs> so think about those, that time. And because God tends to work in those formative things, right? God works in the challenges. He works through the joy. But a lot of the times, there's challenges. So who here thought of something joyful in their life? Maybe it was a birth or a marriage or anybody think about something like that, something really joyful that really transformed them? Not getting a lot of them. How many people thought of the challenges? Yeah, the challenges. The challenges is what transform us. And so uh, what, I, what I'm getting that is because David is going through a challenge. And we're going to talk about that challenge in just a minute. God is forming David in his young years as he goes through this challenge. So to understand what David's going through, we need to go to 1 Samuel 21. And that's on page 413, but I will read it for you. And it says this, David at Gath. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors and of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, look at the man, he's insane. Why bring him to me? So this is the, the state of mind that David was in when he wrote this psalm. Can you think of some emotions David was going through right now? Can you just say, say an emotion that David had? Anxiety. Anxiety. Anger. Anger. Anything else? Fear. So it's really important to understand when we read through the Psalms, what was happening at the time when that Psalm was written? What, David, what was going through David's mind? So I want to take you through a short little uh, Summary of where David is right now. So David, this is, he's very young in his life, okay? It was probably when he wrote this psalm, he was maybe late teens, early 20s. So we'll see in this chart that David anointed Saul. I mean, Samuel anointed David, and he basically was going to make him king. God told Samuel to anoint David as king. But at that same time, Saul, the king, was misbehaving. He wasn't acting very good. And uh, he was not following the commands of God. And so God said, I am removing my spirit from Saul. And I'm placing it on David as the new king. Saul, in the meantime, is starting to lose his mind. Because not only is God taking away the spirit that he put on Saul, but God allowed an evil spirit to enter Saul. And that's a, hard to wrap your mind around, but that is what the scripture says. And so Saul is starting to become jealous and anger, angry with David. And so at this time, uh, David befriends Jonathan, which is Saul's son. And then uh, he also befriends Saul's daughter. And he wants to marry her. All this stuff is going on in this family. It's pretty wild, huh? <laughs> so Saul wants, uh, Paul, 
how can we get these names right? Uh, David wants to marry the daughter of Saul. So Saul says, great, I have a great idea. I'm going to send you off to battle with his thinking of, I'm going to get you killed before you ever marry my daughter. So he sends uh, David off to battle, but the spirit of God being on David, David not only decimates the enemy, he decimates him two times over. And he comes back, and Saul says, okay, I give you my daughter. That's the way it is. Saul at this time is becoming more and more, you might say, just on edge, demented, jealous, angry, and he starts trying to kill David because of what he's doing. And so David's at this point now where uh, Jonathan and his wife are starting to tell him that Saul has a plan to kill him. And David, being in fear, runs away. He gets out of town. And that's where we are when this this psalm was created. David went to a cave called Adullam, and that's where he hung out in fear and wrote the, the words of this song. So let's look at this. And this psalm was actually a song that was meant to be sung. David was a musician and a singer. If he was alive today, we'd probably be singing his songs on stage. And we'd be, man, that's another great David song. So let's look at this psalm. We're going to take it down into chunks and uh, look at what it says. So praising God. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. So, you know, look at where David is right now. He just escaped this situation. He didn't really do it in a godly manner. He acted crazy. He lied, basically, before the king. But God took him out of it. He got him out of it. He rescued him. So what's the first thing David wants to do but to praise God? And that's kind of what we should also do as we go through challenges, go through our life events, whether they're good or bad. We give God glory. We give him praise for what he has done. And so we'll notice in the yellow, David did, he mentions three things, three actions. Praise the Lord. Boast in the Lord. Tell of the Lord. And I want you to think about, as we, we talk about this, it's like, is this something that we do on a daily basis? Are we praising? Are we boasting? Are we telling of the Lord every day of the week? Or are we leaving it to Sunday morning? Where is our lives when we talk about God? Are we a little bit in fear as we go out into our workplace or go in to meet with friends and neighbors? Are we, are we praising God? Are we boasting about him? Or do we just save that for a Sunday morning event where we're happy and comfortable and together? So I want to challenge you this morning that this is a lifestyle of praising God. It's not a Sunday morning event, okay? So living, God, living for the Lord is a lifestyle, and we need to do that every day of the week, praising him, boasting him, and telling about who he is. Amen? Overcoming fear. So again, David is in a state of fear. He is in a cave. He's hiding. He's basically trying to save his own life. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Can we say that together? I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. When you're in the presence of God, and you're in prayer, 
and you are in oneness with the Spirit of God, it's difficult to be in fear at the same time. I mean, you can be, but if you're truly experiencing the goodness of God, like we just sang, the true goodness of God, and you're rejoicing in who he is, and you're giving him praise, and you're thanking him, even through the hard times, the fear gets less, right? Living in, in fear is so devastating to our lives. And so David's like, we can do this. We can get out of this fearful state. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Now, David does not say that we're not going to have troubles because that is part of living, right? I mean, we go from one to another, right? Sometimes multiple troubles at the same time. So what do we do in a times of trouble? What does David instruct us to do? We pray. And he saves us in our times of troubles. Now, as we pray, we go before the, before the Lord. He knows what our troubles are, but we go before him on our knees and we ask for help and as we ask for help he will give us wisdom and it may be talking to other believers it may be talking to counselors it may be talking to pastors it may be other people who surround you at the time but God will give you wisdom in how to overcome your troubles and he surrounds us it's such a, a tremendous blessing when living a life with the Lord that he surrounds you during those times of trouble and I love this, this verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is a very common verse. We'll hear it a lot. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. On uh, Friday night, we had a, a worship team gathering, and we had pizza before, and we, had this, we have stacks of pizzas from Costco, and, and you can smell them, right? And the kids are going fanatical. They're ready to, like, jump into those pizzas and because they know, they know what that flavor is going to be, right? They know the taste. They know they can, they can see it. They can smell it. All the senses are involved. And I kind of felt that way too. So <laughs> I was like, give me that pizza. Uh, so you know when you smell it, you taste it. You know, David is telling us, experience God with your senses. Use all your senses to experience his goodness, his glory. And uh, just like you know what that pizza slice is going to feel like, and what it's going to taste like. When you go before God and you're with him every day, day after day after day, and you're experiencing his goodness and his, his love and his mercy and his kindness and his grace, you know who he is. You know his character. You know how much he loves you and cares for you. And so you can almost taste it. You can taste it. You can see it. And when you live your life like that, you're experiencing his holiness and you're experiencing his grace. And it's so exciting to live a life when you taste and see that the Lord is good. But David also tells us something. He says, learn to fear God. Fear the Lord, you, his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Now, the word fear here does not mean to be in fear. You know, that's a different, that's an emotion, that's a negative thing. Here, fear is more of give the God the respect he deserves. Honor him. Rejoice in him. So you might say, honor the Lord. Respect the Lord, you godly people. For those who fear or honor or respect him will have all that you need. 
Now, what does he mean by need? Does that mean I want a Mercedes Benz so I'm going to fear God? No, I don't think it works that way. They have all their need. He's talking about your spiritual need. He's not talking about physical needs, although that can be the place as well. But spiritually, if you fear God, he will be in one with you, in communion with you, and he will meet you where you are. And that is our ultimate need, to be one with God. Amen? Because when we're on our deathbeds, the stuff we have doesn't matter. The only thing that's going to matter is our relationship with God and the family and the people that are with us at the time. And so when we're there, we're going to say, did we fear God in our lifetime? And God, if he comes before you and he says, good job, faithful servant, you know you've done well. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Who wants to live a life that's long and prosperous? Yeah, long and prosperous. I want the prosperous part, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about that kind of prosperous, sorry. <laughs> we, all, we all want to live a long life. We want to live a life that's full, right? We're full of family and, and kids and grandkids or a church family, whoever God's put in your, in your place uh, or, and surrounds you with love. But David here, again, he's, he's not talking about prosperous as in money prosperous. He's not even talking about prosperous as been in things. He's talking about prosperous in our walk with God. We want to live a life that is long and prosperous, prospering in God's goodness, prospering in God's love, prospering in God's mercy, in his abundance, in his joy. That is what, how we want to experience life. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. So, you know, just remember, where was David when he wrote this? What just happened? He just lied, right? He just faked something in front of the king, and here he is saying, keep your tongue from speaking evil. So you think he learned something from that experience? You know, God in his goodness rescued David, but at the same time, I'm sure David felt kind of bad about how he just behaved in front of this king. So now he's instructing us, don't tell lies. Don't do what I just did. Turn away from evil. Do good. Search for peace. Work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. What does it mean to do right before God? I think of living a life that honors the Lord going through our lives in a daily day, on a daily basis of putting God first, putting God as an authority of our lives, uh, basically giving our lives over to him, surrendering our lives to him. So it says God watches over those who do that. He hears their cries for help. This morning we asked, what cries of help do we have? And I'm sure there are a lot that were not stated that God knows. And he hears them. When we cry out to him, he hears us. Jesus intercedes for us when we cry out for those cries of help. And you know, be comforted in that. You know, one of the amazing things, I think it's the most underused things we have here at the church, is after the service, we have two people who can pray for you. 
They're up here at the, at the stairs. God hears your cries of help. If you need help, come forward and just take a few minutes. It's confidential. They will listen to you and they will pray for you. Or if you need more confidentiality, we can find a place in the church to be uh, uh, more confidential. But please, make use of that because God hears our cries for help and he uses his children to surround you, to support you in that. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God is in the rescuing business. How many people can think about in their life where Jesus rescued you? Anybody? There's a lot of hands that have gone up. I know definitely of me. God rescued us. I mean, it's amazing that I'm even standing here today. I was rescued multiple times over by Jesus directly. And, uh, you know, it's truly amazing that we're all here today. There's a story in each one of us where God has rescued us. And he's taken us and given us new life, new excitement, new joy. And we come here this morning to celebrate him. That's why we sing these songs of praise. We're giving him the glory of who he is. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. There's a lot of times in life we go through that crushing spirit where we just don't know if we can make another day. And God is there. He will lift us up. He will give us hope. And again, sometimes you have to be surrounded by people, godly people who help you through that. It's not to do alone. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Can we say that again? The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Amen. Thank you, Lord. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. There is an ultimate judgment, everybody. It may not be here on this earth, but there will be judgment. And I want to be before the Lord. And he could say, good job, and not be one of the ones he punishes. And then redemption. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. God is in the redemption business. It's the main theme throughout all of scripture is God's redemption, his restoration of humanity. And Jesus is the redeemer. Amen? Jesus is the one who took it upon himself to go on the cross to save us. The redemption means that the price was paid. Jesus paid the price for the sins that we have committed and all of humanity has committed. He put it on that cross forever. And he conquered Satan. He gave new life to all of us. He gave new hope. And when he resurrected that third day, we all realized that he truly is the king of all kings. Amen? So there's, three, there's a few things I want to summarize with this. First thing, David's, some of the main points David wants to make. Worship God. Live a life of worshiping God. Day to day to day, worshiping God. And all you do, it could be in your workplace, it could be home, it could be with your family, with your children, at school, wherever God has placed you and where you are in life. Worship him in everything you do. 
Pray. Unceasingly. Pray. Pray for those times when things are good and pray when those times when things are bad. And then pray for others. Whoever God has put in your life who's going through hardships, who's going through trials, be by their side and pray for them. Fear God. Give him the exaltation that is due. Give him the ultimate respect of all things. And experience his goodness. I think if we become more aware and just our eyes opened at God's goodness, we'd be in awe every day. We would go through our day, and instead of just going through the, the, the tasks of the day and doing one place to another, going to work, and we just start experiencing his goodness, and we just start to have our eyes opened, and you're like, wow, check what just happened over there, or look what happened to my coworker. That's the goodness of God. Look what just happened on the freeway. That accident almost, it was me. Uh, you know, accidents aren't bad, but, I mean, accidents aren't good, but <laughs> there's a, the goodness of God that protects and so a lot of the things in our lives that we're just so happy for, we have to give God the goodness. Lean on him in times of trouble. And again, use the resources that are for you, especially here in our church, and rejoice in his redemption. For God has redeemed us. He's given us new hope, new life. He's restored us. And we are here to live our life for him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this message of hope that you've given through David. Lord, we, uh, we know life is tough. We know life is a challenge. But we also know that you hear us. You hear our words. You hear our cries. And we want to honor you, Lord, by giving our lives to you, surrendering, putting you first, fearing you, respecting you. So, Lord, now we, we, in this time of continued worship, we rejoice in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.